We are live. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to your business in digital. Good morning, team. I missed you guys. How are you? Welcome back. Welcome back. How's it going? Michelle, Andrea, Michael, I see you all the time. <laughs> I can't believe we're back. We are back. Welcome. It's so good to see all four of us on one screen again. Hello, hello, hello. And it's so good to see everyone again. It is good to see everybody. How was the summer? Oh my God, it was great. <laughs> it was break really was good. good. <laughs> the, break, uh, the break was really good. I think the, the I mean, I worked right through. It's not like I took any big vacation, but I think, you know, just the little downtime um, of, from the show, I think it was really good. And I'm so excited to be back. I'm so excited to be yeah. back. Well, good. Well, we're glad for you guys to be back. Michael and I did our little summer wrap up. So, but anyway, we did, we did. let us, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Let's get the show started so we can, you know, kind of jump in and have all these interesting conversations. We got a, you know, we have a whole intro to do. So let's jump in. And I'm so excited, firstly, to have all the new pictures. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> before we do that, let's talk a little bit about why we do this show. Good morning and welcome to your business in digital, your business in digital. This is the show where we talk to you about how to really grow your revenue through digital. We understand that digital can be daunting, right? It's the digital landscape. It's your infrastructure. It's all the things. It's the marketing. It's the KPIs. So we pull this show together. We bring together operations, marketing, sales, and finance to have a true stakeholder conversation about digital and how you can truly grow your business through digital. We want you to shift the conversation from likes and follows to, I grew my revenue by 20% this year, leveraging digital and digital marketing. So that's why we do this show, Your Business in Digital, so we can help you translate all the things to digital and we can really help you move your business forward. So super excited to be doing this show. Now, I know I have some homework that I need to get done out of the way, some, some little things. So first of all, we need you guys to connect with us, connect with us on YouTube. We are broadcasting live on YouTube and LinkedIn right now. So connect with us on the YouTube, connect with us on LinkedIn at your business and digital. Also, we show up everywhere podcasts are found, right? So we are on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, everywhere you can find a podcast, we're there as well. So subscribe, follow us, because again, we give you really, really great insight. We're talking to those CFOs, we're talking to the CMOs, we're talking to the CEOs, we're talking to any key executive or stakeholder that really wants to grow their business through digital, and this is the way to do it. So check us out at your business in digital. All right, so I got the homework out of the way, so let's come back and chat a little bit, guys. So summer was good. Michelle, did you have a good summer? <laughs> I had an Oops, I almost said something. I had a I had a wonderful, awesome summer. I did some travel. Uh, I had a, a social media hiatus along with the show hiatus. I disconnected for a moment and had a really great summer. It was awesome. But I'm ready. I'm ready to roll and ready to be back with everyone here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. 
Michael, would you do this summer? It's the summer wrap up. Yeah, I traveled a bit, right? So I, I was out by your way, got back down to Trinidad. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been a good summer. It felt like the first summer, actually. My first summer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you travel at all this summer? Yes, I did. I did. I did get one trip in. Um, I nice. visited Barbados. Beautiful. Oh, nice. Laid on the awesome. beach, drank some things, got some stuff done. It was a very productive trip. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I myself had a good summer. I went to Trinidad. I was in New York. I was a few places. I hung out with Michelle and Michael. Um, and then I moved. <laughs> I'm still in Orlando. So we just moved to a new space. So we're just kind of trying to connect all the dots. So, but super glad to be back for the show because again, this show is such an important show. And uh, I mean, I've been watching some of the clips going back over some of the shorts. It's really been so informative such great information and i'm just really excited to be back with you guys and talking to small and medium businesses about this stuff because it's so important um and we really want to make sure that they are moving their business forward so we're gonna jump into the show just like we usually do and the first thing we're gonna talk about is our hot topic segment i miss our hot topic segment so uh let's jump into the hot topics what are we talking about today this week with hot topics can i get a little Applause for hot topics, or a little bit of a, uh, a you know, we have Nia in the background doing all our. <laughs> Ladies, don't forget your applause. <laughs> all right. So, what is our hot topic today, Michelle? You are the one who are leading us. What's going on with hot topics today? Oh, let me tell you, I had a list of things uh, through the summer that I actually have been bookmarking, just waiting for us to come back to to our season. The first one uh, that I wanted to present to us is all about presence. This one is uh, a lesson learned for all of us. This is a, a some very engaging um, duo named uh, Fresh and Fit. They have a YouTube channel, actually several YouTube channels. However. The one that came to me that I wanted to bring to our community was uh, their their livelihood has been placed at risk. They are on YouTube, very, very prominent group of people who were suspended from the partner program and demonetized because they were violating repeatedly YouTube's policies. What was really interesting about this one, Ania, if you don't mind moving to the next slide, Uh, What was really interesting about this is that they are, as I mentioned earlier, uh, have a multitude of of, uh, other areas beyond the Fresh and Fit channel. Gains and Weeks uh, is their their last name, and they have a couple of other channels. So everything, not just the Fresh and Fit channel where there were violations, but anything that was attached to Gains and Weeks was also uh, suspended from the and demonetized from the YouTube channel. Now, why this is important is, uh, is that in this, uh, and if you don't mind moving forward to the next uh, channel, and four million followers—that's a big audience—they have access to that were viewing their Fresh and Fit channel on an ongoing basis. Here's the lesson for us: we spoke about this last season and in season one as well. Is in that you, as a small business owner need to make sure that your company has an omni-channel strategy and a presence across multiple spaces. This includes 
every multiple revenue generating avenue that you have within your business plan. In other words, don't be beholden to one location for you to gain a revenue stream and your livelihood for your company and life's blood is dependent upon. Uh, if you don't mind moving to the next slide, Nia. This is important because we need to own our relationships. We've said that many times in an offline fashion, not just through the social media spaces and anything in the interwebs that's connected, but have an online strategy and understand when you are playing in these spaces, what are the rules of engagement? What are the policies that are required of you to adhere to in order to, for you to maintain a partnership agreement with any one of these sources? Is this aligned with the, the business practices for your business or the health and well-being? Do you agree with them? And if you do, you have to adhere to them if you're going to move your business forward. And if it isn't, move your business to a place that aligns with your best practices, aligns with your mission and your belief so that your business can move forward in the upward trajectory, as we say, in your business and digital. We want your business to move forward. But this was a hard lesson learned. If you haven't seen this before, go back on YouTube, find their visual because the, uh, the, one of the, the co-hosts was practically in tears wondering how they were going to maintain their following and trying to move their audience from YouTube to another space that had less than a third of its following that they had on YouTube. So this is a huge lesson for us to pay attention to. And as we say here in your business and digital, have an omni-channel presence, own your offline presence because things like this will happen. And this one was intentional from YouTube, but there could be a mistake where something was disconnected and your life's flood for your business is just completely cut off. Mm, 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 mm. Well, also learn the rules of the platform, right? And follow the rules. If you don't own the platform, you got to follow the rules, right? I understand that, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we want to step outside the box, but if you decide to, to play in their space, you're within that box. So follow the rules. Like yeah. I just- like, Follow it, the <laughs> rules. Tamara, and what's so interesting about this group is they were smelling themselves as my grandmother used to say. They, they kept pushing the envelope and pushing the envelope and pushing the envelope, knowing they were riding on the edge of YouTube and had been repeatedly advised that, hey, pull back, you're in the space that we that's not good for our overall view of what we're trying to do here in YouTube. And they kept pressing on and YouTube said, okay, you tried me one too many times, we're done. Let me let yeah. me pocket to, to prove a lessons to you and to many others who were in that space as well. So you're right. If you, you want to pay, if you want to play, you have to understand the rules of engagement and adhere to them or, or suffer the consequences as this group has. 100%. Oh my God, moving 4 million people. Wow. Like that's just not going to happen, right? <laughs> like 4 million people do not want to move. And I think I can't recall the other place that they wanted to uh, move people to, but it had less than a third of the following they have on YouTube. It was about 300,000, if that much, on the other space that they were trying to move them to. So, listen, we've everything we're going to show today, we've talked about, right? So, we are talking about, you know, if you're cultivating that audience, your audience starts to get large. Isn't it, is it in a space that you own? And if it's not, what do you do about it? Because you don't want to be in this position for any reason, for any reason. So 
you know, you should be looking at, <clears throat> yes, sure, we use these platforms to get our visibility to grow our audiences. But as the audiences start to, to become large or become to that size that we want, what do we do? But where do we move them? Um, email is always the answer for us. You know, get, them, get their emails, make sure you can connect with them. But yeah, moving to demonetize at that level is is really pretty horrific, right? <laughs> I don't know what other word to use. You know, I, I look at this story and usually I would talk about compliance, right? In my space, compliance looks like complying with laws and regulations, your taxes, et cetera, the filing of documents. And I, I would usually tell people, you know, the cost of compliance is a penalty or, or, or a fee, right? And this is a, a indicator of how in your own operations, you know, you're losing revenue by not complying with this law with this with the people's internal policies it's not it's not something national it's not it's not logistical in where you're living but just how you're operating your business be mindful that you can lose revenue so rather than having to dip in their pocket and pull out a, a, a fine right which is probably what they were probably budgeting for they were probably thinking oh well if they slap us on the wrist which is what some people do Right, they they dance on the edge of compliance, and they think, well, if the fine is five thousand dollars, I'll just budget to pay that. But here's where your your operator is saying, you know what? No, we want to take a bigger, we want to take, we want to take it away from you, and now you lost the incoming revenue, which is of course, you know, the downfall of your company. So for me, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, there's compliance again. There's the lack of compliance taking away your money. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that, that, that crossed my mind as I was thinking about this was not just its effect on its, its channels and where the revenue was coming from, but more importantly, as their audience grew, was that the, did their key audience change as did they have a specific show that was a bit volatile? I don't, volatile is not the right word. Um, it, it was um, splashy. Uh, just to say nice, it was something that touched on the edge because they were on the fringes. And was that who they are and they they uh, and they were finally getting the audience that they were seeking? Or was that a mistake or something that just happened? And they said, let's just ride that wave. And their their audience changed and their business model changed as a result of, of that show that moved things forward. I, I thought it was an interesting lesson for us to, to talk about because we speak to it often. Are you speaking to your right audience? Are you attracting the right people? You know, we invite them into our space by what we, the content we place out there. So did, did they lean into the real audience they wanted and found the sweet spot, but in the wrong place because YouTube said enough of you, enough of this? Or did they have a show that had a great topic for an audience that moved into that space and they just kept moving along with it to their detriment. So it's something to think about, I, I think, for all of our businesses too. As you're analyzing the, the data, is it giving you what you really want to have for your core audience as well? Or are you just riding the wave? And Andrea, I love that comment about dancing on the edge of compliance. <laughs> Like that is my. <laughs> we're back. Um, I, I, <laughs> but yeah, I would, Michelle. I would, I would be hard pressed to understand if they picked up a new target while they were moving along and they just ran with that. And just where's the operations? Where's the brand voice? Where's the brand identity? Where's the content plan? Where are all the things right to 
as you're running a business, you cannot freestyle all of this. You have to really pull together a strong content plan that connects with your audience, that connects with your products and services, right? And you can't just be in a space where you're just creating content to create content, to get views and to get that visibility because you mm. could be drawing wrong audience you want to make sure that you're you're hitting your targets right and youtube while it's nice to monetize we see how easy it is for them to take it away so you want to look at alternatives as well too right while you're on youtube how are you also selling additional advertising and really creating your space moving people off that platform the right people who are interested will follow you and take that customer journey with you and really start moving through your sales funnel so there's so many things in this that we could assess, but this was a great hot topic. Super excited that we started with this, but you know, we got to move the show along. <laughs> so round of applause for you. <laughs> no applause in the background. Where's applause? All right. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Q. Right. It happens. Dana is saying to us, welcome back. Dana, thank you for joining us. Happy, happy Monday. We're super excited to be back uh, with you guys talking, you know, again about your business and digital. So really great hot topic. So we're moving on right now. Uh, we're moving on to talk a little bit about building a strong, a strong foundation for Q4 and the lessons from last season. So uh, we talked about a lot last season. Last season was, I mean, the content was game changing. <laughs> we had so many amazing guests. So we want, we had to do a recap. We understood that we had to do a recap and just highlight some of the things we talked about because we're probably going to continue those same conversations this season, but we're going to go a little bit deeper, right? We're going to really find the outline for what the executive should be thinking. We talked about your website and your magazine. Oh, I thought so. I was just messaging in the background to see if that was me or if it was T. So it's T. It's a live show. These things happen on the live, live show. show. She's in a new place. <laughs> but we got you. We got you. She's trying to come back. I back. We're brushing up all the cobwebs. We're brushing up all the tech issues that we might have. This is a That's live right. show, and this That's is what right. happens, right? Well, what are we doing? We're talking about all the things from last season. <clears throat> While we wait for it to come back, we can continue on. So let's hit clip number one. What are we doing? Oh, nope. I, we have to put up the, that slide, beyond the likes, new segment. <laughs> Thank you, Nia. So this is our segment, Go Beyond the Likes. Here at Your Business in Digital, it's always about going beyond the likes. What are those deeper metrics? What are those deeper tactics that you need to employ to drive revenue for your business? So this morning, happy Monday morning, one month away from the end of September, we are going over some of the things that we talked about last season that make sense, that are important for you to you know, keep an eye on as we head into Q4, mm -hmm. end of year. So what's the first one here? Yeah. 
their website, right? You want to answer these seven critical questions because uh, I think this is what's going to help you start thinking about it. This is before you decide on the design, the tone of voice, any of those things. You're thinking about, I want to redesign my website. What are the questions that you should ask, right? So uh, I love that you went there. So I'm going to kick this one. So that was always a good topic. I mean, websites and what we do with our websites uh, is always a great place to start, right? Um, our website is not a magazine, as we've said before. It is a functional tool, and it is it is meant to get revenue, to earn revenue, to earn a return on that investment because it costs money to put up that website. It costs money to maintain it. It's not free. It's not you know. It's not absolutely free. It's not hundred percent free. And we want to make sure that, you know, your website is actually performing. So having that process, getting into that website, knowing which questions to ask, absolutely great place to start. Tamara, are you back? Let's check it. Not quite yet. Yeah. Yeah. We can hear I you. I am back, can't I think. can't see, but we can hear you. Okay. All right. Well, this sucks. <laughs> Pouting over here. But that's all right. Have we played the first clip already? <laughs> we played some of it. Not, not the entire clip, but yeah, we're going. So, uh, yeah, so we're talking about websites, right? And I think that was the episode that got the most viewership. And um, really, we want to be in a space where we understand that we're not, not functioning with our website like it is a magazine. We should be making updates, changes, putting new information on it, always giving Google an opportunity to go back and refresh and check stuff out. That's why having a blog could be important as well as we dabble into our blog this season. So super important that you have all the right elements for your website. So uh, on to the next clip. Point, and point this number one, five, I believe, I'm is about that over to Michael to talk about a little bit. All right, so this is operations, and again, this is going back to that, not a magazine. So we tend to start off, of course, with how will this website look, but we get trapped there, right? Um, so it's, you know, how is it going to look? What are, what are the designs? Is it visually appealing? But there are many integrations that we have to consider. So you've got to have that integration plan in place. What are the tools that you need to integrate? You need to connect your email service, your email provider. You need to connect your shopping cart. You'll have several plugins depending on, again, your target audience and the core purpose of your website. You're going to have the relative plugins that you're going to have to choose and connect those as well. You have forms, abandoned carts, um, shopping carts, not abandoned carts. We don't want them abandoned just yet. <laughs> so we want shopping carts. So you've got to have an integration plan. Identify all the other platforms that you need to connect to. For example, on the simplest level, you may be echoing some of your social media on your website. So you need a plugin for that. So you've got to make sure that you've gone run through and connected all these things and make sure they're connected correctly and working correctly. So that So let's talk a little bit about that, those integrations. How many integrations are there for your website that you're probably not even thinking about as a as a as executive, as a CEO, right? There's so many integrations. There's the Google Analytics, there's your website forms, all the things that you need to actually move the business forward to automate. So you want to think about the integration plan and you want to be a part of that conversation, right? You don't want to leave it to the agency and you don't just want to leave it to one person. You want to talk to the CFO, the sales team, you want to talk to operations to understand 
What are the things that they need from the website in order to sell better, in order to, uh, you know, pull better numbers, give better estimates, give better forecasts? And from an operations standpoint, what are the things that they need on their website, on the website as well, to for that information to come right back to them? So the integration piece is such a critical part of that. Um, guys, I know we've talked a lot about, we talked a little bit about the website. Jump in and talk a little bit about some of the integration elements that you've seen with your website for me it's the, the of course sales girl here the shopping cart piece it is it is not just as michael said earlier the magazine it is a revenue generator for your business and if you don't have a key partner that is allowing you to convert quickly and in a very friendly, seamless way, and cross-sell and upsell, then th that's two additional uh, uh, plugins that you could possibly have within your website pending the partner that you have, then you're missing out on some important revenue and uh, the opportunity to remain engaged with your potential clients as well as your existing clients. So those are some key plugins that I found valuable for my site. You know, for me, it's what it really brings together what you want to achieve with your website, right? So Michelle is saying for her, it's a shopping cart. For me, I, it's not really about a shopping cart as it is about an experience of learning, right? You come to what I would want my site to be because I'm still working on it. But the, the site would be more of a how do you learn? Um, so for me, plugins would be where, where, where is my educational tools lying? Am I linking them back to a YouTube? Am I linking them back to, to things on social media? Am I doing a blog? You know, am I integrating my videos in the website itself? So for me, it will be along the lines of um, that education because that's my goal, you know, and that's that it comes back to what is the goal that you set for yourself? It's not so much the, the selling, but for me, it's more about educating because I think the education builds the brand equity. Right. But you understand that selling or education, you need some integrations in your website for those things to work. Right. And that's not something you could pass off to your virtual assistant. Right. That's something that you kind of have to be like, OK, what are the things I might need to pay for? What are the things that are important? How does it work? What is the functionality and what's the reporting that's coming back from it as well, too? Because that's going to help you to make decisions along the way. So those integrations become an important part of your metrics as well. So super important that when you're thinking about your website, you understand that it's not a magazine and that is a key, you are a key stakeholder as a CEO, CFO, uh, wherever you stand in that executive team, that you are a key stakeholder and understand what happens on the website. All right. So we are going to move along and we're going to move along to talk a little bit about one of my favorite topics. I nerd out on this all the time. <laughs> S to the E to the O, <laughs> SEO. <laughs> so go for it, Neil. Play that so clip. moving on to your point number yes. two. Yeah. So what's your approach to SEO and how do you stay up to date on industry changes? So this is one. So I kind of organize these questions in a way in which to kind of get comfortable with 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 someone. You know, kind of think of it like almost like speed dating in a sense. You know, if you're if you're really going through or like you're doing like love is blind in a sense. <laughs> love is blind. The fact that he even brought that up is awesome. <laughs> But everyone's been watching Love is Blind. <laughs> 
staying up to date with industry trends, you know, for me is definitely one of those things, talking to experts, watching shows like this, listening to podcasts, um, you know, really dialing into a lot of those, uh, where are the experts, right? And what are some of the Google searches that I'm getting or some of the Google alerts that I'm getting to keep me engaged with the conversation? Now, as a small business owner, again, you don't need to know everything about it, but you need to understand where the trend's going. One of the trends, Eric, has, we actually just had a conversation with Eric the other day, and one of the trends he was talking about was really around um, not just search engines, but how do we an become answer engines? And so in the future, right, and just like we started the show talking about the questions a lot, uh, that's how you move to a place of really becoming an answer engine because you start really identifying the questions people are asking because even their behavior for search has shifted. Um, so I think that's what he was going to say. <laughs> 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 I crack myself up when I laugh. <laughs> Still, it's funny how when I see these clips, I'm laughing at the same points <laughs> before. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I did laugh there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to me. It's like it's like watching an episode of Friends. You already know the joke, but you're laughing at me. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's that's a great analogy. <laughs> right. But SEO is such a SEO is such an enigma to folks, right? Uh, you know, the keywords, what are the right keywords? Uh, what should you do? SEO is shifting a lot because of AI. But um, I think we had some really core foundational elements there. How do you become the answer? Right. Uh, I remember when we worked with clients, we worked with Stay Free. Um, and we, do, we were doing a project with them. And one of the things we did, uh, we were doing a localized campaign in Trinidad that focused on, uh, you know, younger women. And what we tried to do was we tried to look in Trinidad to understand how people were searching for um, stay free, how they were searching for information just about the period, all that stuff. And that's what we use to actually create content. So we had people start answering those questions, right? We got with the doctor, she answered those questions. Uh, we had a group of people come together and talk about those things. So it was becoming the answer to the questions that people were asking because people put a lot of information. We go into YouTube and we put in information in question format. So there's so many tools out there that we can use to understand what the questions are. So again, as an executive, right, you want to start thinking about the content that your business is creating because you have to create content now when you understand that. So are you just creating content for social media or are you creating that content that really starts to answer the questions that people are searching for? Because that's when you start really winning, right? Just imagine that someone searches and your content, your answer pops up because that's what they need. And then you start moving them down your funnel, right? You start them on a path to say, hey, this was the right answer. What more do they have? What more information can I get from them? Uh, and they will continue to move down the path if you're giving them the right answers. So SEO is be about becoming the answer to the pain point that your customer is putting out there. And that's the content you should be creating, your business should be creating. So it moves away from that, just creating content to create content. And I know some people just love to do that, right? Uh, it gets us a little bit more strategic or a lot more strategic, I should say. Yeah, it is. What I, like, what I love about this is it's anticipating 
what your your clients are asking for. And it's really heavy in two specific areas in the sales cycle to me, the no like trust factor. When you are putting out content and anticipating by having that content sit in your SEO, then you're saying to them, oh, I know what you need. I know you, I know that you need this information. So let me give it to you in a consumable fashion, one. Two, when they're farther down the sales cycle, when they're just about to buy and they have those fine-tuned questions that they need to ask uh, and have answered by you somehow, some kind of way, when you're anticipating those final questions being asked in, a, in an FAQ form or in some other area of your site, you're anticipating that final request and you're serving that information up to them because they're searching for the, that information too. They're literally typing in that information like, how in the world do I pivot? Give me, show me some pink, pink lipstick. <laughs> you know, I need it in this specific color. Well, is it paraben free? Is it all of these things that, that they may need? Uh, so you, when you're anticipating and placing that information within your SEO, you are feeling familiar to them. You're feeling like they can trust you in your business. So it's really important in the, the relationship component, but the no like trust factor of your business raises really high when you're anticipating and providing that information in the SEO. And we've got to think suit across platforms. I think we have a tendency or business, businesses can have a tendency. We say SEO and we think website and we are talking anywhere we perform searches because that's a behavior. Behavior search is looking for a solution. When I am searching, that's that's the only purpose I have, to find a solution to answer a question, right? I'm not searching for a problem. Where can I find, you know, problematic cars? Like, no, I'm not searching for so right? You're searching for a solution. <laughs> you, for you're, solution. you're answering, you're searching, you're, you're relieving that I'm pain. You're, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, achieving this goal. So I'm searching for a solution in this space. So answering those questions, you know, wrapping your head around that and making sure that you understand that more platforms operate as search engines and making sure that that optimization is across all platforms, not just your website. So when we say SEO, we are not just talking website. We're not only talking Google. We are talking search on the whole. And you're right, Michael. I was I can't remember because I did a whole lot of reading this summer. There are areas, places that are being used as a search engine in TikTok, in Instagram, their, their search model has become, in YouTube, I did it in YouTube searching for something. I put, I didn't know exactly what I was looking for. So I put in a long term and then eventually modified down. And those that caught my attention were those that had SEO. They served up what I was looking for. And it wasn't just in the Google machine. It was in a, in a couple of other different places. So very, very true, Michael. And on which platform also kind of tells you the, the way in which the user, your customer wants to absorb that information. If they jump to YouTube, they are looking for an explanation video. They're looking for a visual answer. If they are on, on Pinterest, they are looking for, you know, something short, something they can digest. That's like one slide, one screen. If it's LinkedIn, they're looking for professional bias, right? They're looking for a professional sounding board. So easy, easy places to start when considering platforms and searches, right? Go, Andrea. <laughs> I would just say it, it's such an interest in um, what we're discussing here in terms of being the answer. Um, the past two weeks, I did some workshops with a, a local group of um, business owners here. 
in Trinidad. And I started doing this thing, and it's it's a it's something I started doing just generally when I do workshops now. Um, before I start speaking, before I start presenting, I ask them, based on the topic that you know you, you came here to to learn about today, just give me any question you want answered. Because I feel like people need to leave that they with value, right? They leave with a solution. And it was amazing to see. I call it question roulette because, I mean, just like Russian roulette, you don't know what they're going to ask, right? And some of them, they really asked me some questions that I had to take a while to answer. But what it was interesting was I did that for about six days, right? It was, it was uh, different groups, but it's the same presentation every day. And it was amazing the amount of information I got back by allowing them to drive the questions at the start, right? And the way that I was able to, it was the same presentation I was doing every day, but the spin that I was able to take on it every day differed because I kept referring them back to, well, you asked me this question at the start. At the start of it, this was what you said that was of importance to you, right? And I think that's a bit of SEO, but offline, right? Because I let them drive the conversation a bit. And, and I use it as, well, hold me accountable. We're not leaving here until the questions on that board get answered, right? And you have to tell me that you've answered it, that I have answered it sufficiently. And I found that to be a very refreshing exercise. Of course, I took my notes on stuff because I know that's some serious content coming out there because I realized these are the questions that they're probably Googling. Right? Exactly. These are, these are the questions that they were Googling. Exactly. So, connection. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So one thing that she said that I just wanted to touch on. So we're talking about being the answer, but not necessarily being the solution. So I just want to differentiate that because I can I can be the answer, Correct. but not Correct. necessarily the solve, right? So I'm, I'm giving information around it. I'm giving you answers. I am giving you answers. Does that solve your problem? Not necessarily. You still come back to me because I was that source of information. But you don't always have to provide an actual solution necessarily. You just have to be exactly as Andrea is saying, answering questions. That right. is just huge as far as authority, trust, everything. Answer the question. Yeah, it was and a lot of answering questions and then provoking them to go back. I was, at the end of it, I was like, okay, I just want you to understand enough so that you have a better conversation with the people that you should be having these conversations with, right? So whether it's going back to the authorities because it was something on taxation, you want to have, you want to, when you go to the authority and you're, you're doing a transaction, you want to be able to interact better because you want to have a better understanding or whether it's to go back to your own accountant. I can't be the accountant for everybody. You have your accountant. Go back and, and say, Hey, you know, I learned about this today. Can you show me where this is in my business? Have we been doing this? You know, I think it was that was really empowering for them. And, and it was very thought provoking for me as well. And as well as it now gives you the right content, right? You hit that. You said that it gives you the content that you need to put online. And now you understand how to better optimize that. So here's that marriage of online and offline. Because sometimes yes. when we're thinking about digital, we're thinking about it as just digital. And you have to connect the dots for the business. This is the entire ecosystem, right? Offline, online. And that, what you did was work from an offline standpoint. And now you're going to translate that into online. Yes. So you're going to find those people that are looking. And then 
I think the opportunity to create the solution or to become the solution gets further down the funnel, right? But you're creating that right customer journey to build trust. So I'm getting the time check for this segment in the back. <laughs> Nia's like, gotta go, gotta go. But round of applause, Andrea, Michelle, Michael, love the answer. Nia, give a round of applause. All right, let's move on to our next video. <laughs> for business growth because you started talking about it so jump in it is in a nutshell how are you going to close a sale if you don't have a lead coming in it is your business it is the beginning of you making money for your business so think about the cash register ringing before that register can ring and i know i'm aging myself when i say this what what it is is it's allowing business to come through the door and for someone to say yes i'm interested in what you have to offer and from that point they go through your sales journey and eventually say yes to the product and service that you're offering which will generate revenue for your business so your leads are going to be imperative for you to make money Your leads are imperative for you to make money. <laughs> so let's talk about that, right? Lead generation is one of the things that we get from our clients all the time, right? How do I generate leads? Could you generate buzz? Could you generate visibility? Absolutely. But how do you generate those right leads? And we started off by talking about SEO and talking about that content, right? That's really the flow. It's creating that right content that draws them in, that then starts moving them down to a place where they're like, man, this person does have all the answers to all the questions that I'm asking and then presenting them with a solution. And that's the idea where you start moving people to a place of, yes, this is a lead, a viable lead, a warm lead that you can move through an email sequence that you can connect to a salesperson. It can become a marketing assisted lead, however you want to frame it up but it connects back to that content. And it's important that your online presence is working to drive you leads uh, and not just, a, again, getting back to that place of you don't want your website to just be this magazine. It should be this tool that drives leads for your business. Your entire online presence, right? Website, social media, all the things should work to drive leads. So you should be always thinking about how am I connecting this lead? Where am I asking for the email address? Where am I asking maybe for the phone number if I'm doing text messaging? Uh, where am I asking for them to come into a smaller group with me and spend some more time with me so I can build that one-on-one -on -one connection? How do I build that trust and get them to a place to give me something, something that's important to them, whether it's email, phone number, or some more of their time? So that lead generation, you're, you should be setting up your online presence to generate leads. And this is where, again, as an executive of the business, you should be thinking about that, right? Is my website, is my online presence really working to drive leads for me? And if it's not, how do I adjust that? That's a part of the conversation. You need to be a part of that conversation with the agency or whoever you're working with, right? With your marketing team. It's important that you're a part of that conversation, that you have all the key stakeholders as a part of that conversation. Right. Operations, finance, and sales should all be a part of the lead gen conversation because it connects back to those folks. So I'm going to pass it off to operations, finance, and sales now to say their fees. Mm. So I know lead generation, as I said, it's the lifeblood. You've got to keep generating those leads. But you get into operationally, you need to be able to sort those leads, right? Um, you've got to be able to. So what's going to happen? You're going to put out that content. Just everything tomorrow just said, you're going to put it out. 
but you're going to get leads that are not relevant. You're going to get leads that are, you know, maybe not your ideal customer. So you've got to have that process in place to say mm -hmm. exactly as tomorrow is saying. So at which point do you ask for that email? Mm -hmm. Are you defining that at this point, mm -hmm. I have somebody who's more engaged, who's actually mm -hmm. my ideal customer. Mm -hmm. I'm asking at the right point. If I ask too early, mm -hmm. then I'm, I'm creating a large list of emails that mm -hmm. are non-relevant. And mm -hmm. I'm paying for those, right? The email is mm -hmm. not free. Nothing's free. No. <laughs> I'm saying that a lot this morning. Nothing is free. So you've got to manage those sorting of those leads. You've got to drive those leads, and then you've got to sort those leads. So that's an important part of that operational piece that that flow defines that you know this is i'm going to get these leads with these this type of content these leads that i get are this point in their customer journey and this is how i'm going to move them through and continue sorting to get to that conversion ratio that's my my absolute end point one of the things i think it's really important as we are looking at the leads uh, we invite people into our world you know we are inviting them in by the content that we put out there. So that lead that's coming into it, into us, we want our content to be really very relevant to the audience, our target audience that we want to attract into our business. So that's really important. We can have a lot of leads coming in, but we don't want that to be garbage leads. So the content that we put out there, it's important because volume isn't the most important thing. It's good leads coming into your business so that your conversion ratio is higher. So bring it in, but have it be the people that you want to invite into your world, not just to have a, a lot of leads that are coming in. So that content that you're putting on your, in any one of the spaces that you're in is really important so that it is attracting the people that you want to work with that you want to buy your products or services. So that's going to be key in what you're putting out there as well. So you, the intent is really important. Yeah, because I mean, we want good quality leads because you don't want to spend money trying to convert them into good quality leads. We want them from the start so that at, at a minimum, we're not spending too much money trying to, to convert them and trying to, to manage that with, customer acquisition costs, right? We want to make sure that that's as low as we can get, you know, to, maxim to maximize our profitability because it takes a lot to bring this humongous. So the numbers might look good. You might get in flocks of leads, but if it's not the right thing, you're actually spinning top and mud a bit, spending money now to figure out that they're not good leads. And then you have to push them out the door or send them in another direction, right? And then go back out again and and get and get the leads that you actually want so i think yes it's it, it has an it has a financial impact it's not just about you know how the how the website looks and how and, and the type of people it's not a, it's not just an operational um and a sales thing the finance thing is it will cost you money if you don't if you don't get hit those numbers the right way it could cost you some money and and then you, you, you that's why it will look like, but I, I have so much people, I have so much people coming in, I, I'm doing the calls, or I have X amount of followers, or I'm getting this. And that's what we say, go beyond the likes, right? Because at the end of the day, those people aren't, aren't actually helping you convert. And that costs you money, the more people that you bring in that are not converting. 
I love that you guys talk about it's not it's not the it's the quality, right? It's not the amount of the leads. It's the right quality of leads and finding ways to, you know, uh, I think Michelle says this all the time, invite people out. Right. The right lead takes the steps to get to that place. Right. So you have to not make it a gauntlet, but you have to make it a series of steps that really matter to them, that answers their questions. But then you have to start take, getting things from them. Right. The first step is an email. You give out a little bit more content then they give you something else. Right. At some point in time, it becomes this give and take this really nice dance that happens through the customer journey to really qualify these leads. Qualification is really important with your lead generation. Any marketing agency can roll up on you and be like, hey, we can generate, I hear it all the time, right? <laughs> all the magic ones. <laughs> we can generate a thousand leads for you a month. Well, do I really need a thousand leads a month? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a little scary. Um, you know, I want more quality leads. I may need two or three leads a month, uh, depending on where my price point is. The other thing you want to think about, and this is a little sales funnel conversation, it's you want to think about how long does it take to close the deal, right? If your price point is $50, you can probably move someone to a place of closing the deal with you relatively quickly. If your price point is maybe $4,000 or more, there is going to take, it's going to take time for someone to say, let me just give you $4,000, right? It's going to take them a little bit of time. So you need to also understand your sales cycle. Uh, so there's some really important factors for the executives to understand as lead generation is happening because you can get these leads, but it may take two months to get them to give you $4,000. And the higher the price point could be the longer time, right? We understand that when we're working with customers, it takes about three months to close a deal, right? It takes about three months because we're asking them for a pretty penny, right? We're not asking them for 50 bucks. And we're also saying to them, these are the things that we're going to do for you. So as an executive, as a key state, stakeholder, you want to understand, hey, how long does it take for my lead to convert? And what are the steps that my leads are willing to go through? They should be able to qualify them. They should be able to tell you what's their budget. They should be able to tell you what their goals are. They should be able to answer some key questions so you can really, really qualify those people. So, all right, lead generation. I know we have a few minutes left, so we have to get these this next thing in. So, but I'll move on quickly. So Nia, uh, AI, AI is our next conversation. Let's jump in with the clip. <laughs> My vegetables and getting things in the right way. One of the quotes that I love is basically the saying that the music is not in the piano. There's a lot of things that, that AI can do, do more quickly, do more intelligently. But there's other things that it that you just need that final shaping and you need that final knowledge. You, you know, AI is not going to Photoshop my soul it's not going to replace who I am. And the human element is going to be there, particularly, I mean, I'm on the educational side of publishing and there's going to be a need for, for the human connection. There are things that, that the technology and AI will do increasingly well in terms of, in terms of um, teaching grammar, in terms of doing feedback and helping people learn. But yet we all love a tutor. You can have a virtual tutor, but you cannot learn, you know, you can't learn how to play tennis by watching a YouTube video. You just can't. Um, and you need to be around other tennis players. Oh, so good. <laughs> I, I so enjoy him. Right? You know, it's like so many people are scared by AI, right? The AI conversation. 
are, they make people nervous. They make people really uncomfortable and they make businesses nervous. They make people feel like it's, I'm going to lose my job. Um, so... <laughs> Perfectly timed. Perfectly timed. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to lose your business. AI has no soul. <laughs> Maybe it will in 40 years. Maybe it will in 20 years. But for right now, you have to start thinking about how do I better utilize AI to save me time? Can it save me time? But you must do the adjustments, right? You must jump in there, take that content that AI has produced for you and add your voice to it, right? What you're getting is probably, you know, 60% of the way and you have to add on the painting, your brand, all the things that take it to the next level, right? So you start with the foundation elements because it's the information that you're also putting into AI that matters. The information you put into AI, the information that you take out of AI, and then how do you tweak that information to really get to your brand voice. AI has no soul, right? And you as the business owner, what you're bringing to the table is your soul. <laughs> that just sounds weird. <laughs> you're bringing your soul. He went deeper that one. He went, he did go deeper. <laughs> but you're bringing your soul to the business, right? So that really matters. Do not let AI, don't be fearful of AI. We have been using AI for probably about two, three years uh, within the business. Altogether, as human beings, we've been using AI for over 10 years. We've been socialized in so many ways, right, to use AI, maps, navigation, Alexa, Surrey, chat, GPT jumped out the door and everybody was like, Ugh. and I was just like, they've been socializing you and preparing you for AI for the last 10 years. So don't let one brand name throw you off your game. Understand how to better utilize AI to support you and your business. All right. Yes. What I enjoy about it is, you know, it's putting your voice there. And I'm just going to throw something in there for the first time today. Your lanyard, which is something extra that you're putting into the putting out prompt sharing of it all. Well, if you put your voice to it and set yourself apart, otherwise what it's doing is bringing in everything that it's learned from everyone else and normalizing you and making you vanilla. And that's not what you are. You're, you're, you know, a whole lot of spice and there's a whole lot of extra, you know, cinnamon that's involved in there or some other spice that's there. So you want to, you, you have to infuse you into this. Otherwise you're going to sound like everybody else out there. So why would, why would someone that you're trying to bring into your business choose you when you sound like everybody else? Why? So you've got to insert you into the equation. You know, I'm reminded of, and I'm going to show the age here, right? Back in Sesame Street days, there was a song, There Is Only One Me. And it used, and it used to be, There Is Only One Me, right? So I think AI, I think people need to think about it that way, right? AI can help you do things. And, and, and I'm using this example because I just came out from my workshops in the past two weeks. You could, you could even if you were to take the book that I gave you, right? Let's just say the, the book that I gave you in the workshop. You can't take how I delivered it. You can't take that unique thing that I brought that day or those days and, and that unique perspective that I gave to each and every and each and every group. So you could take, you could even take the slides if you wanted. You could take the things that I typed up there, but you can't take away, which could have been created by AI, right? So AI could have helped me develop you know, what I wanted to say on the slides, it could have helped me develop the book. But the way that I have interpreted it and the way that I have 
converted it to you. That's, I guess that's the soul that we're talking about. And that's the uniqueness that we need to bring as, as persons, because I'm one in, a, in one in how much ever millions of accountants that is on, on the face of this earth, right? You know, we all pass the same qualification, most of us. So how am I going to differentiate myself to say something that other people are not saying and say it in a way that nobody else is saying? We only Absolutely. have one, your virtual CFO. I'm sorry, Miss Andrea, only one. Only one, right? I love that. <laughs> Between Andrea and Cinnamon over here. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> I think that's going to be a new name this season, Cinnamon. <laughs> All right. So a uh, round of applause for Cinnamon. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on to our next clip. <laughs> um, before we head out, so definitely drop that clip, Nia. <laughs> Dreaming and the, and the planning stages. Part to start this business, invest money in it, right? And ultimately, um, that's what you're doing. You're minimizing and eliminating risk, you know? So, and the better, the better you are at it, the more that you will have to preserve for the next generation for your family, right? So when I talk about protecting, um, it's like buying real estate, real property. Andrea, is real estate intellectual property is real estate of your intellectual brilliance right having a deed when you register the trademark and the copyright you get certificates these are deeds of things that you own of real estate in your imagination right you know so these are assets that you're protecting so that in the same way when you have an agreement of your ownership structure the board and your shareholders and the shareholders agreement and the operating agreement. That's another documentary evidence of protecting and safeguarding your business. When you have your will and your trust as to how you want your affairs to be handled, that's another documentation of your legacy of how you want your business and your legacy to be transferred. Always an exciting conversation when Marlon comes. Oh, always excited. And legal and digital, I mean, there's so many things happening with legal digital AI right now. But what I love that Marlon really preaches is about that intellectual property, protecting it, trademarks, all the things that really matter. Uh, of course, we, you know, to toot our own horns through Marlon, we own the trademark, go beyond the likes, which I'm super excited about. You know, that is our first piece of intellectual property that we are like, we are owners of that. Um, so that's really exciting. But as a business owner, you should be thinking thinking about those things. You should also think about that content, right? Marlon kind of guided us through that process as well too. All this content that you're creating, how do you find ways to make sure that you're copywriting it, that you're keeping your content, that you're aware, this is the content I'm creating. This is mine. This is my intellectual property. Um, it's the, the deed to your brain, right? The deed to the stuff that you create. So important uh, that you think about those legal ramifications. And so important that you're looking ahead because if, you are, if your goal is scaling, you're growing your business, um, he was really making that point that, you know, we wait, we wait till it's, it's, you know, something happens for us to take those actions, right? And if you are in that growth phase, if you, you want to be looking ahead, you want to be thinking ahead, we are talking about protecting your business, you know, from the get-go.
not when you've grown, not when you become, you know, a lot of eyes on you, because the bigger you get, of course, you become a bigger target. I remember when he was speaking, I, the words that came to me were in more in the medical realm of preventative maintenance. You know, we are, you know, take care of it ongoing so that it doesn't become a problem later on. And in a legal way, that's going to cost us more in the long run if we don't pay attention to it now. 100%. (laughs) 100%. Take care of it now. Andrea, what you got? No, I just, I just remember how, how much I love that episode because, I mean, he was just speaking my language in terms of how everything ties back to potential money or, you know, potential revenue and that kind of thing. You know, so the fact that you, you, this, and I love how he said it, deed to your brain. That's just what he was speaking about before with the, that uniqueness, right? How, how do I take this unique spin that I put on things that are already out there and how do I protect it? How do I may continue to make money off of it? And somebody just doesn't take my words and, you know, go with it. So I, I think it's really important for persons in, especially in our space, because I think he, he really opened our eyes to the concept of protecting that mind. Everybody knows to put patent your physical product. I think that's what everybody accustomed doing. They have a recipe for something or they, they make this specific thing, they go and they get it patent, patented. But um People don't necessarily think about, well, the words that you say and that creative thing that you have, you know, protecting that. And I think it was spot on, spot on. It is always a pleasure to have Marlon Hill here with us. So (laughs) shout out to you, Marlon. Shout out to all the clips that we watched today. Um, You know, I am, I can't tell you how excited I am to be back with you guys. This is always a great time to just have your intellectual property. You guys are so smart. I love it. (laughs) So to just have, you know, someone from finance who is working with us and thinking about digital and seeing how this connects back to the dollars and the banks, to the bank, thinking about sales and how this connects back to digital, thinking about operations, right? And how that connects back to digital, thinking about the marketing, how it connects to digital. How do we get this holistic view of all the key stakeholders of your business, thinking about your business and digital? See what I did there? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I don't know, that applause was kind of weak. (laughs) I was there you go so much better <laughs> so uh, you know we're super excited to be back for season four for season four for season three uh this wednesday we are excited to have dr siobhan joseph with us she is a uh, medical director at azalea health and she is killing the game through digital and her business she's a client of andrea's she is a friend to monovan digital she's a friend to laniac digital we all love her so much um but she's doing some amazing things with her medical practice through digital and really moving her business forward 100% online, moving her business forward um, through all these digital elements. So we're super excited to have her share with us this Wednesday. Um, But I'm so glad to be back with you guys. Um, 
Nia, put up the, <laughs> put up the, put up the, put up the thing. <laughs> so connect with us, right? Uh, connect with us on YouTube, connect with us on LinkedIn. Uh, we are at your business in digital. Listen to us across the, anywhere podcasts are found, right? We're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on Amazon. We're pretty much everywhere you can find a podcast. So definitely listen to us. We are here talking to you, the business stakeholder, to the CEO, to the CFO, to the CMO, uh, to the manager of operations, the director of the team, if you are thinking about how to move your business forward in digital, you want to move that conversation to a place of here's 10% of my revenue growth through digital. I'm seeing 20% of my revenue growth through digital. This is where you want to be. This is the conversation you want to listen to. We're talking about trends. We're talking about things that are happening in digital, hot topics. We bring everything to you here at this show, Your Business in Digital. And of course, we have all the right players with us, right? We have a representative from finance. Could you put your hand in the air? <laughs> Sales, could you put your hand in the air? <laughs> Operations, could you put your hand in the air? <laughs> Marketing, my hand's in the air. So all of us are here to talk to you about your business and digital. So join us every Monday and Wednesday at 7 a.m. And Michael and I will be here on Fridays at noon doing this the wrap-up, no longer the summer wrap-up, just the wrap-up of the week, what we've talked about and giving you some definitely some actionable insights. So stay connected with us. Nia, thank you in the background for holding us down. Take a round of applause for yourself. <laughs> we want to hear it. <laughs> uh, super excited. She's not even applauding. Did she leave? <laughs> All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And guys, we are out of here. Have an amazing, amazing Monday. And we will see you guys back here on Wednesday for the show. Take it easy. Bye.